Well, welcome to our new series. Now, I have never preached in my preaching life a series like this. And the reason for that is um, that I haven't felt it was ever the right time. There are people that are called to preach this kind of stuff. I'm called to encourage and inspire you to lead and do life well. So when I felt God put this on my heart, for the obvious reasons of the world we're living in, uh, it has been a a journey. But I want to share with you today uh, something I really think you'll find helpful to your life because we're living in a very scary world. We're living in a world that's very tumultuous right now. And 1 Chronicles 12.32 says this, The sons of Issachar were men who knew how to discern the times, to know what to do. What I hear from people all the time is, I don't know what to do. How do I respond to this? How do I respond to what's going on? And so I want to give you uh, Bible information because we believe the Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the focus. And the Word of God is clear about some of these events. It's also clear about timelines. And we're going to go through some of those today. Who's heard of Jamie Dimon? Jamie Dimon is the CEO of the largest bank in America. And he said this last week. He said that conflict in the Middle East could trigger the most serious global crisis since World War II. He said this may be the most dangerous time the world has seen in decades. He said, warn the ongoing war in Ukraine and the latest war between Israel and Hamas could have far-reaching impacts on energy and food markets and geopolitical relationships. There's another headline from him saying they said that he said that this felt like more like 1938. And we know that in 1938, the following year, September the 1st, 1939, Germany invaded Poland. That was the beginning of World War II. Consider some of these statistics before we kind of head into our message and then we'll get into the Word of God. But In the 18th century and the 19th century combined, there are 100 wars. In the last 100 years, there have been 350 wars. So you can see that there's been a great increase in violence, war, people group against people group around the world. A four-star general in the US sent a memo just recently to the officers that he commands and predicts that the US will be at war with China in two years. I hope he's wrong. This is what they're saying. Now, in 1947, I think it was, Albert Einstein, who remembers him? You don't remember him, but you've heard of him. (laughs) Albert Einstein uh, created with the uh, Atomic Physicist Society a clock called the Doomsday Clock. Put up your hand if you've heard of the Doomsday Clock, okay? And every year and every period of time, they rate how close the world is to a cataclysmic outcome where the world destroys itself and they have a clock and they say, how many minutes to midnight? Well, in January this year, this is, not, this is before the Israel-Hamas conflict in Gaza. We'll talk about that in a minute. They, predict, they move the hands of the clock and they said it's a time of unprecedented danger. They said it is 90 seconds to midnight. Now, that's the closest to midnight that the that the doomsday clock has ever been. And I didn't know that when I uh, came up with a series title, One Minute to Midnight. I had no idea about that. 
And then as I was doing my research, I looked up and said, wow, I'm sure if that group was to make it right now, after October the 7th, it would be one minute to midnight. It would be close. Because what's happened in the last month has really started to change everything. I've lived long enough to see many conflicts and wars. I've seen trouble in the Middle East for decades. Um, but there have been four world-shaking events in the last four years. Think about COVID, just a distant memory now, it seems. Remember how the government of all countries were able to lock down citizens in that quicker time during COVID, the COVID period. That was a massive strain on the world, COVID. Not to mention all the people that passed away or people that got sick, but also the economies of the world. Then we've had the Ukraine and Russian war, which has sent reverberations through food security across the world, through all kinds of impacts, the price of gas and, the, and, the, and, the, and natural gas to Germany and the European countries and all the impacts of that war, not to mention all the people that died innocently because of it. Then there's been massive inflation. Remember we were told it wasn't inflation, and then now we're in inflation. And while they're saying inflation is going down, it kind of doesn't feel like that when you order food or buy stuff. Compared to a couple of years ago, it still seems like it's super high. Then you have October the 7th, and I was actually watching a movie about the 1973 war, not realizing it was Yom Kippur that weekend, watching that movie Golda with Helen Mirren, and six hours, and I knew something was going to happen. And six hours later, sure enough, on the 50th anniversary, there was an, you know, that massacre, barbaric massacre of children, women, and men, old people, that just took place unannounced in Israel. And I realized we're entering a whole new phase. What's happening is Israel is not surprising, right? Because it's the epicenter of the world. Now, what's surprising to me, I don't know about you, is the protests that are happening all over the world, not against Hamas, but against Israel. Doesn't that surprise you? This is, I think, uh, locally. And uh, there's another one. They're everywhere, these protests. I watched it last night on the news. Protests on Friday night in New York City. Hundreds of thousands of people walking down, maybe tens of thousands of people walking down the street. And all the things that are happening on Ivy League college campuses. Think about all the stuff that's going on. And yet on October the 7th, uh, innocent people were slaughtered and maddeningly slaughtered and celebrated. And yet there is this blame and all the things that are going on with Israel. Now, I'm not going to get into the political commentary about all of those things because obviously there have been innocent people hurt since October the 7th. That is terrible. It's awful, right? But my, my point is this, to see this kind of scale of protests in London, to see it in New York, to see it all over the world is unusual, even in the lifetime of Middle East conflicts that I've seen over the years. This is beyond anything I've seen. And I'm sure many of you are the same. How is that happening? Why is it happening? Well, because Israel is the epicenter of God's purpose and time clock in terms of history. And so when you read the Bible, the Bible uh, very clearly points that out. And when we see it, you think to yourself, 
You know, I heard the, the, the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, talk about how Jews make up 2.4% of the population in America, but suffer 60% of hate crimes. Why is that? You know, it was in 1947 that the United Nations gave Israel their land. In 1948, they became a nation. That was done by the United Nations. And so all of this stuff that is going on just points to me, without getting into the politics of it all, points to me that we're living in end times in a new way. We're living in the end of days at some level. I'm not here to predict the day or the hour or the month or the year. But I am here to tell you the Bible tells us to be informed. Jesus said this in Luke 21. Now, you've got to remember, the Bible has predicted these things for a long time. Even what's happening right now has been predicted. And today, I'm going to go through some of it in the time that we have. And then next week, part two. Um, and, you know, being Thanksgiving, I didn't really want to preach a message on this. But every day of our lives, we're surrounded by it, and so we can hide our head in the sand and pretend it's Thanksgiving. But literally, the world is going to hell in a handbasket right now. It's on fire. And we need to know what to do. And I know people are anxious. I know people are, are, are nervous. People feel it. And this is what the Bible says in Luke 21. Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. This is bad news on one hand on a human side, but in terms of, the, uh, of what Jesus wants to do and God's time clock, it's good news. And Jesus says, he doesn't say, hey, uh, put your head down. He says, when these things begin to happen, put your head up. Start to look to Him. Now's the time to get your eyes off the things that have distracted you, the relationships, the money, the business, the whatevers, and get your eyes on Jesus. And He says to you, He says, when these things begin to happen, it's time to look up, not time to look down. You know what? If you, keep your eye, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, it's going to get more fearful. But if you have your eyes on Jesus, it's getting exciting. Because it's in the big picture of things, it's so close, so close. Today I want to look at the vision and the prophecy of Daniel, one of the most influential people in the secular world that ever lived. Served four great kings that ruled the world, advised them, and uh, next to Joseph was the most influential Bible character other than Jesus, in the, really in the Bible, when it came, comes to the secular world. Now, this prophecy written by Daniel that we're going to dive into today was written over 2,500 years ago, and yet it's one of the most accurate prophecies ever written because it gives timelines. So we're going to go through the timeline and have a look and see what the Bible says about what we're going through today. Then we'll look at what Jesus said about today, but today we'll look at what the prophet Daniel said about this era that we're living in, that this era that we're living in is a sign that points to the return of Jesus, that points to the moment when Jesus comes back and takes us out, and then the world goes through the darkest days it's ever been through, according to the Bible. Now, what's interesting about the prophecy I'm going to outline for you, and I've drawn up a chart so you can follow along easily. In a minute, we'll put that up, um, but not yet. Uh, is that the chances of it coming to pass even up to the point before today, so history, is so astronomical that 
I was doing calculations and reading about this stuff. It would take you thousands of years to just say the final number of probability that this could even come true. It's, it's unbelievable. It just blew my mind. And so I did it again and again. But Daniel 9, let's read from the Bible, because it's not just my words. It says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the kingdom of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the sacred books, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. He was in exile, serving this secular uh, king. And then we go on down to verse 21. He says, while I was still praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the early vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and spoke to me saying, O Daniel, I've come now to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your petitions, an answer went out and I've come to tell you for you are highly precious. So consider the message and understand the vision. Now you've got to understand if you start to dig into some of these Hebrew words, you find where it says weeks, it's talking about years, okay? So just understand that it's talking about years and it says this, no, uh, let me, here we go. Uh, so consider the message, understand the vision. Verse 24, 70 weeks, everybody say 70. 70. 70 weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city to stop their transgression, to put an end to sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the issuance of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, which comes in a little while, until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, or seven times seven years, which is 49 years, and whatever 62 times seven is, 400 and something years, it will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of distress. Then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and will have nothing, or the anointed one, some translations say talking about Jesus, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Daniel is speaking into the future. Then the people of the prince who is to come, talking about the Antichrist, I guess, and talking about the devil that's to come, who's to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood, and until the end there'll be war, desolations have been decreed, and he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. That one week is seven years, remember? One week is seven years. But in the middle of the weeks, so after three and a half years, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of the temple will, be cut, will come the abomination that causes desolation until the decreed destruction is poured out upon him. So let me show you the timeline so you can see it. So right back here, so you can follow along the timeline and see the, how the past has become a reality. So it's called Daniel's 70-week vision, which is 70 times seven years, okay? And he said after 49 years, there would be a decree uh, to, or sorry, there'd be a decree to rebuild Jerusalem and 49 years later, it would start. So Darius issues the decree to rebuild Jerusalem in around 457 and four. 49 years or seven weeks, as the prophecy said later, the rebuilding of Jerusalem starts. Then he said there'll be another 62 weeks, 62 times 
Uh, seven is 434 years. And at that time, it was around the 27 AD mark. Now remember, calendars from those days and these days, calendars have changed over time. So these are very, very close approximates to those times. It says in around 27 AD, uh, the anointed one will appear. And this is, of course, the beginning of Jesus' ministry around that time. Then you have the crucifixion. And then it prophesies that there would be the destruction of Jerusalem. That took place in AD 70. We'll read about some of that next week when Jesus prophesies that that's going to happen in Jerusalem as well as found in Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21. So right now we are in the church age. We are in the green part. So all of this stuff that happened before was 69 weeks. All actually happened in history. Gives us a fair degree of certainty that not only is the prophecy true, but it's true of the future as well. And so you can see that there are 70 weeks, but 69 weeks have happened. It says the anointed one will be cut off. That's the death of Jesus on the cross. It's very obvious, right? Then we are in the present age, and at some time at the end of the present age, there'll be what the Bible doesn't call the rapture, but people have termed the rapture, which is found in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, which talks about, and, the angel, and God will come with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and it will talk about those that have died, will be raised first, and those that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air, and so we shall ever be with him. That's called the rapture or the taking out. Okay, you, Some of you may have seen those movies left behind and all that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, it was called Thief in the Night. And uh, that scared me to Jesus, I can tell you, uh, because I didn't want to be left behind. And one time I actually thought I was. And uh, that, was a, that was a conversion moment for me. Um, part, of my, part of my transition to following Jesus with my whole heart. So the rapture is going to come. So this is the history. And the reason why the history is important is because it gives us context to the prophecy. These aren't just words. They're not, it's very clear what it says in Daniel chapter 9. Go read it yourself, read it over again. It's talking about these 69 weeks uh, that lead up to Jesus. And then there's a gap because we're missing one week, right? Well, the one week is talked about as the tribulation. The one week is seven years, which we won't get into today. The seven years comes after the rapture, I believe. Some people believe it comes mid-tribulation. I believe it comes before, and this is why I believe it comes before. Because it talks about how, if you look back at how God did things in the past, when the flood came, what did he do with Noah? Took him out. When he destroyed Sodom, what did he do? He took out Lot and his family. So as I look at the way God does these things, when these big things happen, God's going to take us out before it happens. That's what I see clearly from Scripture. There'll be some people that debate that, and I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope they're wrong. But we will survive and endure to the end, and we will be saved. That's what the Bible says. Now, the 70th week is that tribulation period, and we don't have time to talk about the Antichrist and all that kind of stuff. That's not the point. It's the fact that we are coming up. You can tell by these cataclysmic events that are taking place, these very, very troubling worldwide events that are just percolating and erupting. How many know that at any minute there could be a broader regional war in Israel? Hezbollah, Syria, Iran, all those forces. Think about yesterday, 
69 or whatever it was, countries got together in Saudi Arabia to condemn Israel. Uh, and I was listening to the, the, the broadcast last night about it. And that's all just happening in this last day, right? Who knows what happens from those moments? But the Bible predicts at the end of time, at the end of this period, that there will be a great world war around Israel. And you can see it as we get closer to midnight, that those possibilities. I'll tell you what makes me even more convinced. Because I could have in the past seen the regional conflict as regional. Right? So it's just over there. There's a few people that are mad at each other and they just keep doing such terrible things to one another. But to see the protests to see what's going on on, on on campuses, to see what's going on in the city streets. Can you not see how quickly the world could turn against Israel? In a second, right? Even though 1,400 people were murdered in their homes, in safe houses, massacred, raped, killed, only a month ago. Now it's all Israel's fault. That's kind of, you, you sense that, growing. You, it wouldn't take much with our age of global communications to believe that that just begins to erupt more and more and more. And so as I look at end times, as I said, I've never preached on this subject before, even though I've studied it, uh, and I've heard lots of people preach on it, I, I just can feel this thing. And Jesus said, when this starts to happen, don't look down, look up. Start to focus on Him. Don't be full of fear, be full of faith. Understand this is God's time. God is in control of what's happening in the big pieces. Sure, in some of these little things that might feel scary, but He says, listen, keep your eyes focused on me. I will give you peace. I will give you help. I will give you wholeness. I will come across you and be closer than a brother. Underneath of the everlasting arms, I stand beside you so you are not moved or shaken. And yet at the same time, there's an, an excitement that there is the prophetic time clock of God is moving forward. And the Bible predicts that the whole world will gang up on Israel and come to war with Israel. And it's not hard to imagine. And then there will be, uh, uh, after the rapture, the seven years of tribulation, uh, where there will be peace for three and a half years, it seems, and then there will be a violation of that, and there will be all-out war. And what Daniel 12 says is this. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But that at, your, at, that, at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book of life, will be delivered. The key today is this. When all these things are going on, my name isn't written in the book of life. That means have I given lordship to Jesus? Is he the king of my life? The Bible talks about a kingdom Jesus is a king, and the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is the Lord, right? And when we get to heaven, we'll cast our crowns before him because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He runs a kingdom, and we're, if, if we want to be part of that kingdom, we have to give our allegiance to the king. That's how that all works, and asking Jesus into our heart. Jesus reiterated what Daniel predicted and almost use the same words. It says in Matthew 24, 21 and 22, for then there will be great distress. He's talking about this period that seems so close to now because of everything that's going on. As I said, I'm not predicting the year, I'm not predicting the month, but I'm telling you, the signs tell us something shifted forward. 
Something's moved. Something fundamentally has changed in the world. Who thinks in the last five years something fundamentally has changed in the world? Right? You can feel the move forward. Okay? It's not going back to how it was. It's not going back to how it was. It says, but Jesus said, but before then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. They are very strong words. Then he says, when this happens, there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. You can just imagine how much horror we've seen over the course of the world and it's going to be unequaled what's going to happen because it's going to happen everywhere at the same time, not just pockets of it, but everywhere. Then in verse 33, he says this, so also when you see these things, you will know that he is near right at the door. Okay, right at the door. That's why Revelation says he stands at the door of our heart knocking and say, will you let me in? Follow me. We're living in perilous times. And this is not to scare you, but it is to inform you that the Bible said this would happen. This would happen. But if I persevere, if I, and I always say to people this, if you're gonna be a Christian, be a good one. What's the point? What's the point of saying, well, I, yeah, I believe in God, but not really? You lose on both fronts. So if you're gonna fail at anything, make sure it's not as a Christian. So it goes on and says this, Revelation 15, anyone not found in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. It's just the reality. I don't wanna harbor on that because there's good news. But we're living in those times. So I wanna ask you the question. You can take that down. It scares me just looking at it. Um, <laughs> I, I make sure my name's been put in. It's been tattooed in. <laughs> it can't be taken out. Pages can't be ripped. It just is in there. So my question to you today, as I've given you kind of a real condensed snapshot, and I could go into all kinds of salacious things. I don't want to scare anybody. I just want you to be ready. I want you to understand what's going on. Next week, we'll go on to the second part. But my question to you is this, are you ready? And this is what the Bible says. And Jesus says this in Matthew 24. He said, people will scoff and people will say, it's not going to come. He says, but two will be in the field and one will be taken and one will left. Two will be at home, one will be taken and one will be left. If you understood that a thief was going to come and rob your house, would you not be prepared? Right. He says, well, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. So you better be ready. That's the point. Then the next uh, story he tells us is the five foolish virgins and the five wise ones, the ones that had oil, the ones that had relationships, the ones that were ready, made it. And the ones that weren't ready, even though they banged on the door, weren't allowed in. Okay? Jesus is trying to get his disciples. He's trying to get us to understand not only what was about to happen in that period of time at AD 70 and so on, but what was happening at the end of time, the end of the age. So my question is this, are you ready? Bank are coming up. Are you ready? Are you ready? If it was to happen today, let me tell you something. There are people all over the world and I'll give you two theological positions that people have. And this is my own personal belief. As I read the book of Revelation, 
Now, if you read all the other books, the book of Revelation makes a lot of sense, and it's easy, actually, to interpret. But if you just dive into it at the end of the Bible, you'll go and it kind of get confused. But I think it's been written in a slightly obscure way for a couple of reasons. Because it talks about the kingdom of God getting stronger, and then it talks about the imminent return of Jesus. And so what we found in history is, so let's say the underground church in China, under great persecution, are praying for the return of Jesus now. I'm sure Christians in Palestine are praying for the return of Jesus now. And then there are other places that are prosperous that are believing we're gonna just keep on going and keep on building bigger and keep on going. It's called Kingdom Now, that God's gonna just get on bigger and bigger on the earth. And then the other group who are under persecution are praying for His return. And so wherever you are, the point is this, Jesus is gonna return and He wants to know if you're ready. This message is meant to encourage us and for us to also focus on Him. I just wanna ask you a question. If you knew Jesus was coming back the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, how would you live in the next nine days? Would you live like, like normal? Or would you go, if this is when the rapture's happening, if this is when Jesus is coming, I better make sure every one of my family, every one of my friends, every one of my co-workers, every one of my neighbours, everybody I know, I need to tell them that they need to be ready. And I better get ready too. You'd start praying more. You'd start reading more. You'd start leaning into God more. Why? Because you knew it was coming. What I'm saying to you today is this. We're not to be afraid, but we are to be ready. We're not to look down, we're to look up. But in looking up, we look to Jesus as the author and the perfecter of our faith. The one who gives us hope no matter what life is. There are many people in the world right now forgetting the wars, forgetting the economic uh, things that are going on, who are going through tragedy and trauma and it's hell for them already. But Jesus is the answer for them, for you and for I.